Hi, I'm Burke, and this is Character Builder, the show where we build a random character, or in this case, we talk about the decision-making process behind making a character like this. Also, as a disclaimer, there may be depictions of graphic violence and harsh language, so listener discretion is advised. Holy crap, it only took a couple months, but I finally got time to actually do a Character Builder episode. Normally, this is part of the show where I would roll up the stats of a character, but in this case, he's already built. Or in his case, this is the second time he's been built. And you might be going, Burke, how do you have a character that's been rebuilt like this? Well, let's start with, he originally was a Pathfinder character, a very powerful Pathfinder character. He got up to level 15, and we used the optional mythic tier system on top of that, which he was mythic tier 5. There's no real correlation between mythic tiers and CR, but if I had to do a rough guess, he was probably close to a CR 26, even though he was only level 15. For those who are sort of familiar with Pathfinder or not familiar with Pathfinder, Pathfinder is a very skill-based system, and the mythic tier system is an additional rule set that uh, per mythic tier, you would get access to certain feats and you could also pick up different feats and they were not small feats. Unfortunately, I can't find in Max Hammer's original character sheet. I know, shocker, he's just about a decade old, but I was able to find his fifth edition character sheet. I found it in one of the pockets of Burke Spectre's binder. And yes, when we get to talking about Burke, we'll have to talk about the fact that I had to carry a binder to keep up with that character. But we'll talk about Burke another time. I'm talking about Axehammer today. So before I get into his 5th edition stats and feat choice, as well as some other things, I actually need to talk about the character beforehand. So story time. Back when I built Axehammer and Burke and Windchaser, yeah, another OG Pathfinder character, Eberron was very popular at the time. So all three of those characters were actually set on Eberron. If you're not too familiar with Eberron, Eberron's kind of a magic punk style game. It's like steampunk with magic, as well as it's going through like the industrial revolution, but with magic. They have trains, they have airships, and they also have robot people known as the Warforged. The Warforged were created in big creation forges, but in the case of Axehammer, a couple of those creation forges fell into the wrong hands. An area known as Kyber, yes, it sounds a lot like the Kyber crystals from Star Wars, it's spelled a little bit different. Think of the Underdark, but except for it's like the equivalent of hell for Eberron. It's got lots of demons. It's a pretty rough place. Well, these creation forges were made to make more Warforged, except for they were twisted to look more demon-like. And these Kyberforged Warforged were built as expendable soldiers to fight against the Orc clans that were stopping the demons from leaving Kyber. I can't actually pronounce the name of the Orc clan, but they all worshipped a thing called the Kalakshosh. It's known as the Binding Flame. So think Paladin Orcs. I mean, it's not one-to-one, -one, but it's pretty close. These Kyberforged Warforged were also implanted with the blood of their patron. It allowed them to gain the abilities from their patron, even though they're artificial. It also gave their eyes and their mouth a color associated with the creature that gave them their power. The naming convention with Warforged is a little bit different. They're usually built off of like a task or a weapon or an item. You might have a Warforged in the world that's name is Baker, and guess what they do? They bake. Axehammer, well, he was given an axe hammer as his weapon. Instead of the 
medieval style axe hammer. I did. I took the inspiration from it from Silent Hill. I think the giant axe pyramid head uses, and it has the big hammer end of the backside. A very powerful weapon for a very powerful character. Axe Hammer was forged to be an anti-paladin. Axe Hammer was trained to be a leader class, and he marched his troops to engage the orcs. During the battle, he realized that he was given unreliable information. They had marched him and his troops into doom. Axe Hammer fought to the last, and he himself was also put down. He came to later on, finding himself in a pile of his own men. The call to return to Volmak, his lord, was strong. He was able to suppress the urge to go back. He waited till nightfall and then slipped away. The shame he felt after losing his brothers was immense. But later that night, after going through what the battle plans were, he realized he was set up to fail. Just pawns in this war. He also knew that he needed to prioritize getting out of the demon wastes because the orcs would hunt him down eventually. He climbed over the Icehorn Mountains and found himself in the Eldeen Reaches. He found his way through the forest with minimal problems. The wildlife mostly left him alone. Traveling through the forest, he ran into a traveling merchant. She had had some trouble with the wildlife and needed a protector. The anti-paladin didn't even have a concept of what money actually was. She taught him about money and a little bit about how the world actually functioned. She had run into some Warforged before and knew that some of them were very lost in this world. She'd never seen one quite like him, but she was willing to take him under her wing. She paid him an honest wage and he escorted her to Farhaven, a town where she can access the lightning rail. Upon arrival, she handed him double what he was promised. She suggested that he should maybe go link up with a mercenary company, given his military experience. And he ended up linking up with a mercenary company by the name of the Black Wheel Company. And after a series of quests and jobs, Axehammer found himself in a lot of wealth, a lot of fame, a lot of recognition for the jobs that he had done. The problem was he was running into problems with his power. He felt his mentality shifting away from what it needed to to function. Don't get me wrong, sometimes he was put into situations where morality didn't matter, but he was finding that he was gaining a moral compass that he didn't have before. And one day he found himself out in the Astral Sea, saving a vessel that was under siege, and decided to go above what he was paid to do. And because of his change in morality, he lost a portion of his powers. After the job, the party asked him what was going on. He explained where he got his powers from, as well as his whole life story, because he had never sat down with the party and actually explained his story. He was able to hold on to a lot of his powers because of the rage he felt for the loss of his men, but now he's not the same being that left the wastes. With his new companions, he went to Kyber, and they fought their way to Volmak, the Baylor. Axehammer got his powers from. It was a hard-felt battle, and he lost two companions in the process, but Axehammer was ultimately able to remove the Baylor's head. The Baylor exploded upon death, explosion threw everyone back, and nearly killing the rest of the group. Axehammer's armored body will forever be stained black with the explosion, and upon his death, Axehammer's powers depleted. The party helped carry the Fallen out, and after some rests, the cleric was able to res the Fallen party members. Axehammer may not have been able to save his Fallen brothers, but this victory brought him peace. He found his newly formed Kyberforged Warforged, and found the taint of their lord had been lifted upon his death as well. Axehammer found a way to help them integrate in society, to find other purposes other than violence. 
The party and Axehammer would leave to Sigil, and from there they would go their separate ways. Axehammer thought the fighting was over. He found himself in Forgotten Realms. He decided to take his wealth and help the less fortunate, but unfortunately money can only go so far. And when he was unable to defend a family, he went and took his rage into the forest. He took his adventuring journal from his bag and skimmed through it until he came to the druid he was adventuring with. He took notes on how the druid communed with nature. And after several times, and three days later, he was able to get the attention of the wild gods that were in the area. They agreed to give him access to their power, but turns out his rage was too much. He was unable to become a druid, but the bear spirit had another idea. Because of the power of the bear, Axehammer became a barbarian. Embracing his rage, as well as his tactics, as well as with the help of some new friends, he was able to dethrone the count that was in the area, as well as put a stop to the Thay wizards that were that were meddling in local affairs. And that's Axehammer's story. Well, a shortened down version of Axehammer's story. Both campaigns that Axehammer was a part of were relatively short. They were about four months the first one and roughly three months the second one. Now that should give more context on why Axehammer has two different character sheets. When he killed the Baylor, he lost his abilities, he lost his powers. Hell, even before he killed the Baylor, his alignment had changed because of some of his deeds. And because of that, he was losing access to certain abilities he had as an anti-paladin. Axehammer, on the other hand, wasn't helpless and ultimately struck the killing blow on the Baylor. When the second campaign came around, I actually really wanted to play Axehammer again. At the time, I still had access to his character sheet, but who knows where it is right now. All right, it's time to get into his stats and time to get into his feat selection as well. Axehammer, Warforged Barbarian, level eight. His stats are 21 strength, 14 dex, 14 con, 11 intelligence. He's proficient in athletics, intimidation, investigation, perception, and survival. He has a hit point maximum of 77 and an armor class of 15. And because he's a Warforged, he's resistant to poison, immune to disease, and magical sleep. All right, let's talk about his build. I'm not going to go over the full Barbarian page, but I'm going to talk about some of the different choices I made. At third level, I picked Path of the Totem Warrior, which gave him the ability Spirit Seeker. He gave him the ability to cast Beast Sense and speak with animals. He also got to pick his Totem Spirit. And if you couldn't tell by the story, it is the bear which gives him, while he's raging, he has resistance to all damage except for psychic damage. At level four, I took a feat, and you probably guessed it, it's Great Weapon Master. It does a lot, but basically you take a minus five on your attack roll just to add in a plus 10 to the damage it, your weapon does. It also has a thing where if you kill a creature with your attack, you can also use a bonus action to make another attack. When sixth level rolled around, we picked up Aspect of the Beast, and you guessed it, I took Bear Path again. Basically gives him double carrying capacity, and he has advantage on strength checks that have push, pull, lift, or break objects. At seventh level, he got Feral Instincts, which gives him advantage on initiative rolls. Additionally, if you're not surprised at the beginning of your combat and aren't incapacitated, you act normal on your first turn, but only if you entered a rage before doing anything else on that turn. That's the rest of that. It's a little convoluted. They could have said that a little bit better, but they didn't. Usually don't run into that part anyway. And here's the last feat. Picked Mage Slayer, which basically if a spellcaster is within five feet of you and tries to cast a spell, you can attack them. When you attack something that's using a concentration spell, they have disadvantage on that saving throw to keep concentration up. You also have advantage on saving throws against spells cast within five feet of you. Mage Slayer is a really good feat because towards mid game, towards end game, you run into a lot of casters because that's 
where the difficulty kind of pops up is, hey, casters are going to throw more spells at you, more damage. Mage Slayer kind of puts them back onto like a normal playing field. And at the time, Axehammer was fighting lots of Wizards of Thay, so it made sense to take Mage Slayer. All right, let's talk about Axehammer's equipment. To be honest, Axehammer wasn't able to keep pretty much any of his Pathfinder equipment. His weapon was insane in Pathfinder. It was a plus five great axe with keen and speed on it. Keen basically doubles his crit range. It means his crit range is actually a lot lower than it used to be. And if I remember right, Axe Hammer would crit on 18s and above. Speed also gave him an additional attack. So yes, this weapon didn't do any additional elemental damage, but it was a crit machine. And I'll be real honest, it doesn't equate well to fifth edition at all. This thing would be a monster in fifth edition. And here's his equipment. He had a belt of hill giant strength. That's what increased his strength to 21. His weapon actually isn't that crazy. It's a plus two weapon with a lifesteal effect. It's a plus two great axe. And lastly, his last magical item was a bag of holding. He legit only got two magical items like the, that whole game. So, but that's Axe Hammer. And I hope you enjoyed the episode because it's been super hot. I haven't, the AC isn't really working up here in the room I'm recording in. And I've been fighting this road pretty much for the last three hours. Axehammer is probably one of my favorite characters I've ever run. And it's because he went through a lot of character building throughout the campaign. He started out as this really one dimensional character and then ultimately kind of got a soul of his own. Well, unfortunately we weren't able to do the Telor campaign yesterday. I'm recording this on Sunday. A couple members of the group have COVID right now and it just wasn't going to work, but I hope they're feeling better and we'll try again later on. The next episode will be July 9th. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll catch you on the next one. Ugh, finally, finally got out of that rainstorm that came out of freaking nowhere. Well, look who it is. Hey, Hammy, how you been? It's been a while since I've seen you. This tavern looks pretty, um, empty. Well, if you'd read the sign, we're actually closed for renovations. Yeah, it looks like you're fixing this place up pretty good. Well, I take that this isn't a social call. So why are you here? Well, I need some help. Velcor has gone missing. Well, we know where he is. I just... I need some help to actually go get him back. Ugh, that cobalt is nothing but trouble. Also, if you agree, I'm gonna need you to help me get Artemis. Also, while we're here on Forgotten Realms, we might as well get Davkul as well. Well, I know Artemis isn't on Faerun. Yeah, he's on Greyhawk. All right, I'll help you get Velcor back and I'll help you find the others. Thanks, Hammy. I'll make sure I get you enough gold to help renovate this place.